Good Tuesday morning. Music fans waking up to sad news. Yeah, the legendary Toby Keith has passed away. It's February 6th. This is today. Superstar lost. Toby Keith, who dominated the country charts for decades, dies after a lengthy battle with cancer. The message just shared by his family overnight as the tributes to his life and career pour in. The King's health scare. The royal family rallying around Charles this morning after the palace reveals his cancer diagnosis. What we're learning about his treatment, the impact on his royal duties, and Prince Harry's return home to be by his father's side. We're live in London. Border battle. Senate Republicans now threatening to block the bill they negotiated to crack down on illegal crossings. The Speaker of the House already saying it has zero chance of passing. The product itself is not uh, not worth the House's uh, consideration here. So what happens next with the first vote rapidly approaching? A live report from Capitol Hill just ahead. State of emergency, even more rain falling across the West this morning. The historic storm continuing to hammer the region. L.A. getting a month's worth of rain in just hours, triggering widespread flooding, landslides and dramatic rescues. The money come down and it broke through the back windows. We'll have the very latest and Al is tracking where it's all headed next. Those stories plus safety first. The head of the FAA heading to Capitol Hill today. The tough questions his agency and Boeing are still facing one month after that midair emergency on Alaska Airlines. And are you ready for it? Super Bowl week kicks off with the wildest opening night ever. Star Travis Kelsey hoping Taylor Swift's Grammy magic rubs off on the Chiefs. I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home with some hardware, too. Inside the excitement, reaching a fever pitch in Vegas with just days to go. Today, Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. Happy you're joining us on this Tuesday morning. Oh, it's such sad news about Toby Keith. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a moment. We're covering several breaking stories at this hour, including the cancer diagnosis of King Charles. That is making headlines around the world, especially, of course, in the UK. And coming up, we'll have the latest on his condition, what it means for the monarchy and the royal family. But we do start with that sad news overnight. The death of Toby Keith, the 62-year-old country star, passing away 18 months after he revealed his battle with stomach cancer. NBC's Ann Thompson is here in studio with more. Hey, Annie, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. The stunning news announced on Toby Keith's website this morning, saying he passed away peacefully at home, surrounded by his family. This is a major loss for the country music world, with thousands of songs and dozens of chart-topping hits. The bold and brash singer left an irreplaceable mark on music and pop culture. This morning, the country music world mourning one of its brightest stars. Toby Keith passing away Monday night at the age of 62 after a battle with stomach cancer. A statement posted on his Instagram page saying the singer fought his fight with grace and courage. Keith, a former oil derrick worker from Oklahoma, first topped the country charts in the 1990s with hits like Should Have Been a Cowboy, And how do you like me now? Later, he got the world's attention with his smash, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. 
Keith telling today in 2019 about the impact of performing his patriotic songs on USO tours. Every one of them is important and made so many friends. And he continued with hit after hit, getting a new audience with Red Solo Cup in 2011 and performing at former President Trump's inauguration. An unstoppable force in country music, Keith has over 5,000 songs in his catalog, 42 top 10 country hits, and has sold more than 40 million albums. He stopped by today, speaking about the legacy he wants in 2010. The longevity is the last goal I have, just to stand around. Hmm. I, I really admire Willie and Merle and those guys yeah. who have been around for four or five decades. In the summer of 2022, Keith shocked many fans by revealing his stomach cancer diagnosis, writing, I've spent the last six months receiving chemo, radiation, and surgery. So far, so good. Speaking out about his battle as recently as this year. This is a roller coaster, and it takes a little while to get your brain wrapped around it. You can't let it define, you know, your future. But he continued to perform, including at the People's Choice Awards, where he was honored in September and accepted the Country Icon Award to a standing ovation. Now, just last month, Toby Keith celebrated the 10th anniversary of his Cancer Foundation, which opens its doors to sick children and their families, providing them with a cost-free home during treatment. He is survived by his wife of almost 40 years, Tricia, as well as their three kids and grandchildren. And of all thing, all the many things he did, it is songwriting that I think meant the most to him. Well, he's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. That he just he did the three sold-out shows in Vegas in, in December. December. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Beautiful. All right, Annie, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Anna. We've moved now to that major news out of Buckingham Palace. King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. The palace not revealing what kind of cancer, but we have learned he has started to receive treatment. NBC's Molly Hunter joins us with the latest now. Molly, good morning. Savannah, good morning. That's right. He started treatment yesterday and the royal family today is rallying around King Charles. We know that Prince Harry is flying over to the UK to be with his father and the palace says King Charles is wholly positive about his treatment. The news shocking the country. King Charles has begun receiving treatment for cancer. And the world. King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Buckingham Palace announcing King Charles III has been diagnosed with a form of cancer. This morning on this side of the pond, dominating every newspaper front page. The announcement comes just a week after the 75-year-old monarch was released from a London hospital following a routine prostate procedure. He appeared then in good spirits with wife Queen Camilla by his side. The palace not saying what kind of cancer it is, only revealing that during the king's recent hospital procedure for benign prostate enlargement, a separate issue of concern was noted. Subsequent diagnostic tests have identified a form of cancer, adding that Charles began outpatient treatment on Monday. And this morning, Britain's prime minister weighing in. Thankfully, this has been caught early and now everyone will be wishing him uh, that he gets the treatment that, that he needs. The palace confirms the king shared his diagnosis personally with sons Harry and William. And a source close to Harry and Meghan tells NBC News Harry is traveling to the UK to visit his father. And as the king will be stepping back, at least for now, and with Kate, the Princess of Wales, still recovering from her own health scare last month, this leaves the burden of royal engagements largely on the shoulders of Prince William. Well wishes for Charles, also coming from across the Atlantic. Concerned about him, 
just heard his diagnosis. Turning 75 last November, Charles waited a record-setting seven decades to finally wear the crown, the oldest monarch to take the throne in modern history. He's been king for almost 17 months. Having to take a step back, recuperate, uh, undergo cancer treatment, that will have an impact on the sort of job the king can do. Now, the palace says the king will continue to undertake state business and official paperwork is what they're calling it. That means private meetings when he's feeling well enough. Now, Queen Camilla will continue with a full schedule of royal duties. But really, we will see so much more of Prince William as he returns to public royal duties for the first time since his wife was in the hospital. Savannah Hoda. All right, Molly, thank you very much. NBC News Royal contributor Katie Nichols with us from Buckingham Palace, as well as NBC News medical contributor Dr. Taryn Arulo here in Studio 1A. Katie, Let's start with that. Uh, The prime minister did say that they caught the cancer early. So that does seem like a little bit of good news. What are they saying there? Well, I think it sounds like really good news because this is what they call an incidental finding. So they weren't looking for cancer, but obviously while they were doing this procedure on the enlarged prostate, they found something. We don't know what that is. But I think even the fact that he started treatment um, already indicates that they're on top of this. They know what they're doing. I mean, he's he's here in London with some of the best clinics in the world. And sources close to the king are saying, while this has come as a huge shock, and, and it genuinely has, he was at home recuperating at Sandringham, apparently quite impatiently because he wanted to get back to work when suddenly the news was, well, the benign prostate's been sorted, but we found something else. That really has turned everything upside down for the king. And But I think he's feeling very positive, as is the queen and the rest of the royal family. But obviously, it's a very, very worrying time. And of course, he is 75. And, and you know, he is an aging monarch. He's also a king who's in a hurry. He wants to get things done quickly. And therefore, this is going to put something, not of a stop, but it's going to delay things. And it's certainly a setback. Well, in any normal family, you call your your kids around, you call your family, you say, listen, this has happened. And here we've seen Harry actually uh, reportedly making plans to to come right away to be at his father's side. How's that being received? I mean, obviously, there's been some difficulty in that relationship. Are people interpreting that as, wow, this must be really serious? How is that going over? Well, I think there are there are people that are thinking, gosh, does this mean it's terribly serious? I'm, I'm not sure that's necessarily what it indicates. I think it is that it's high time, actually, that the Duke of Sussex came over here. He was over here for the coronation, of course, but that was very fleeting. He didn't get any time with his father then. He wasn't here for the 75th birthday. I think families do come together in a crisis, even when there's been a deep family rift, as there has been at the heart of the House of Windsor. And you know what? I suspect the meeting with Charles will actually be quite warm, one of relief and one that Charles will be thankful for. I think any meeting with William will be far, far harder. All right. Uh, Katie, thanks. Dr. Narula. Uh, so this cancer diagnosis came. They said they found it while they were looking at something else. So what do you make of the findings here? Yeah, I mean, this can definitely happen, an incidental finding. You can imagine anytime you go in for any sort of surgical procedure, you have pre-op testing. That involves labs, urinalysis, mm-hmm. usually a chest x-ray. In that case, you might find something. You have imaging. Now we have CAT scans and MRIs that are so good that many times we pick up incidental things. And then in certain procedures, you're using scopes. 
And so obviously we don't know what type of cancer. Um, and then I would say one final thing is when you do a procedure, many times you send off that pathology, those tissues for analysis. And so that might come back revealing a cancer from somewhere else, mm-hmm. obviously not the prostate. So, you know, very difficult to know right now what exactly it is. But again, as they said, when you find things early, that's the best thing when it comes to cancer because we have treatments available. We know the earlier you get to it, the more likely you are to be able to the, treat it well. The PALS isn't saying a ton about it, but it does seem like he's going to get treatment, not mm-hmm. surgery right away. Mm-hmm. Do you glean anything from that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really tell us much, Savannah. I mean, again, we have so many treatment options now, immunotherapy, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, and it really depends on the type of cancer, the stage of cancer, the person themselves, what are they going to be able to tolerate, and what are your goals of treatment? So again, hard for us to know. We don't want to speculate, as he said, as they mm-hmm. said, at Buckingham Palace. This is not a time for speculation, yeah. but... Yeah. Doctor, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Also this morning, Republican opposition is mounting against that bipartisan border security bill that also includes new aid for Ukraine and for Israel. Republican senators huddled behind closed doors last night, but left that meeting signaling the deal's likely defeat. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles has the details. Ryan, good morning. Savannah, good morning. And the border crisis is extending to cities across the country. But here in Washington, a solution remains elusive. And much like the last four decades, Republicans and Democrats are blaming each other for the growing immigration problem. The vibes in Washington are not good. Republicans and Democrats both raising serious concerns about the $118 billion national security package to the point where the bill's future is in serious doubt. This bill does not meet the criteria, and that's why it's dead on arrival. For Republicans like House Whip Tom Emmer, the bill does not do enough to address the border crisis. You have given us a product that, quite frankly, is offensive to the American people and unacceptable. But the Democrat who led the negotiations, Senator Chris Murphy, says the concerns are not related to the policy, but instead the politics of an election year. What they seem to want is just chaos. They want to keep the border unsolved as a problem so that it benefits them in the upcoming election. Trump slamming the bill again overnight. This is a uh, a Democrat trap that would be so stupid, so foolish to sign a bill like this. If the bill stalls, it will mean there will be no path toward changing the situation at the border. Frustrating for Sheriff Javier Salazar on the front lines in Bear County, Texas. He's begging for something to get done. To us, it's not a red and blue issue. Uh, it's 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 about the gold in our badges. The growing problem, part of the reason Republican Senator James Langford took the lead in negotiating a fix and is warning his colleagues about the consequences of doing nothing. It's a national security crisis and we should treat it that way. And while the House has called the bill dead on arrival, they are pushing forward with the effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Eight yes, four nays. And the ayes have it. The Rules Committee sending the articles of impeachment to the floor for a full vote today. And the vote to impeach Mayorkas is no guarantee. Republicans can only afford to lose two votes. After Ken Buck of Colorado said that he plans to vote no, Mayorkas has called the impeachment push a political stunt. Savannah. Okay. Ryan Noble's on the Hill for us. Thanks, Ryan. 716. Craig's here. Big storm out west still brewing. It continues. Mm -hmm. Hoda Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. The flood danger only intensifying in California this morning as that record-breaking system continues to soak the region. Los Angeles getting a month's worth of rain in a single day, causing damage, knocking out power, triggering dangerous mudslides. 
And the rain is not letting up yet, folks. We're going to get to Al's forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Liz Kreutz joins us now with the very latest. Liz, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Yeah, and it's still raining down on us here in L.A. You can see the damage of this monster storm where we are in a neighborhood near Beverly Hills. Right up here, a home was pushed off its foundation from a powerful mudslide. That home came crashing down onto the road 50 to 60 feet. The contents of this home strewn around us. We can see pieces of a chimney over here. This carport destroyed. Now, neighbors tell us it was terrifying. They woke up in the middle of the night to a big boom, and they say it's incredible that nobody was hurt. This morning, California is still dealing with damage from the powerful atmospheric river battering the state. The money come down and it broke through the back windows. The storm flooding streets and causing devastating mudslides, threatening property and lives. From the Hollywood Hills. This landslide went through the back of their house, through their garage, pushed all the way down to the street. To Beverly Hills, where mud practically swallowed this entire SUV. Drone footage showing severe damage to homes in Encino, this one nearly falling off the cliff. First responders carrying out swift water rescues to save people and pets. Some families forced to evacuate on foot. This has never happened. And you can see the power of this water here. It looks like the contents of someone's garage got swept away. We've seen electronics, a cooler, furniture, and then these massive boulders. The storm impacting nearly the entire state. In Northern California, three people have now died from falling trees. As high winds in Santa Cruz whipped the sea into a froth, the storm setting records for rainfall, with 10 inches falling in 24 hours at UCLA. This family forced to climb into a tree after their vehicle was trapped. And here, firefighters in a chopper rescuing a man who jumped into these rushing waters to save his dog. Thankfully, both the dog and his owner survived. Now, these homes behind us here have been red tagged. Everybody's been evacuated. Thankfully, we're told nobody was in that home that collapsed. Now, as the storm continues, the threat is not over yet. These soils here are so saturated, there's still concern about mudslides, landslides, and falling trees in the coming days. Craig? Excellent. All right, Liz Courts there for us near Beverly Hills. Liz, thank you. All right, Al is tracking the storm and the National Weather Outlook. Good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. 29 million people under flood alerts, a million under winter weather alerts, and 8 million for winter wind alerts. So here we go. We still are under a severe flood warning for Los Angeles as the mountains of rain just continue to come on in here. So the storm will slide to the east into the Rockies later today. Heavy snow for the mountains, but flooding possible for the southwest into Arizona, parts of New Mexico. Showers will continue to soak the the west tomorrow even, but this snow and wind slowly makes its way across the Rockies. And along this front, we're going to be looking at showers and thunderstorms developing from Chicago, all the way down to Memphis as we move into Thursday. That rain will line up. Here's what we're looking for as far as precipitation is concerned. Flash flood risk, a slight risk from Los Angeles to San Diego, Kingman, Prescott, Phoenix. So we're moving into the southwest as well. Rainfall totals, basically we're talking anywhere from another three to five inches of rain in Southern California, and that heavy rain slides into Arizona as well. And that's your latest weather. Guys. All right, Al, thank you so much. Uh, airline and passenger safety taking center stage on Capitol Hill today. In the wake of last month's frightening blowout, Tom Costello is covering it for us. Hey, Tom. 
Yeah, good morning. So the FAA chief will be on Capitol Hill today. Moments ago on CNBC, he said they are taking a look at the entire Boeing production line from nose to tail. And you will not get on a MAX 9 unless they're absolutely sure it's safe. We'll have that story as well. All right, Tom, thank you. And then she was figure skating's golden girl, a two-time U.S. champion and Olympic medalist. Well, now Gracie Gold is opening up about her rise to fame and the private struggles that led her to step away from the sport. Her powerful message when she joins us exclusively this morning right here. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, buddy. Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! And since Terry's been with us, our productivity has gone up 46%. We're getting more from our employees than ever before. You know you need a cover sheet on your TPS reports, Richard! That ain't new, baby! Hey, Hey, Janice! Oh, who could forget it? A classic Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Terry Tate, office linebacker. You got to kick it back to 2003 for that. Well, ahead on Pop Start, we're going to give you a sneak peek of some of this year's ads, hoping to make icon legend status oh, like that, that one. the giggles. That's a Janice. good one. So you get second favorite part of the game. You know what I do love now about the commercials? They show them to you in advance. Yeah. You can see them like four or five yeah. times before yeah. the actual game. Yeah. That's okay. how they make it work. On the, yeah. That's why the way they mm-hmm. pay like $8 billion yeah. per right. second exactly. or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, we'll get to the ads in just a moment. We do have a busy half hour, though, starting with the airline and passenger safety once again. It's front and center on Capitol Hill today. Yeah, the FAA chief appearing before lawmakers in the wake of that Boeing Max 9 door plug blowout and word that some Max planes had wrongly drilled holes in the fuselage. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation, joins us from Reagan National this morning. Tom, good morning. Yeah, good morning to you. So listen, Boeing says it is checking and double checking every system to ensure it's at 100 percent before that plane rolls off the assembly line. For its part, the FAA has already said Boeing cannot increase production until it has demonstrated that it is having its quality control under control. But the FAA is also under scrutiny for apparently failing to catch Boeing's problems. 
One month after the door plug blew out of an Alaska Airlines flight over Portland, forcing the grounding of the Boeing MAX 9 fleet, and one day after Boeing reported that its contractor, Spirit Aerosystems, had misdrilled holes in window frames on at least 50 MAXs, FAA Chief Mike Whitaker is today expected to tell Congress he is doubling down on quality control audits and inspections at Boeing and putting more inspectors in Boeing facilities. Whitaker on CNBC this morning. We're looking at the production system from nose to tail, wingtip to wingtip, to really understand where, where there might be faults in the system and how do we address those. The FAA says it's taking a data-driven approach to quality control gaps and FAA surveillance at Boeing. After the MAX 9 emergency and two MAX 8 crashes overseas five years ago, one poll shows public trust in Boeing has dropped since the midair emergency, from 32% in December to 20% in mid-January. Many members of Congress suggest Boeing's goodwill on Capitol Hill is also running low. Boeing has a lot more work, though, it needs to do to uh, maintain the confidence of, uh, of a lot of folks. So we're not trying to politicize this particular issue uh, here in Congress. It's an issue about safety. The FAA now reports nearly 94% of the grounded MAX 9s, all flown by Alaska and United Airlines, have been inspected and returned to service. But quality control through Boeing's entire supply chain remains under NTSB and FAA investigation and FAA scrutiny. And we'll ensure that those airplanes meet all safety standards before we can approve them for delivery. After a recent safety stand-down on the MAX production line, Boeing says it received 1,000 employee suggestions for improvement. The CEO insists that includes Spirit Aerosystems. We own our supply chain. We own Spirit. We own the results of our work. We understand that. We really do. Spirit Aerosystems is that big provider that made the fuselage, makes the fuselage for the 737. It's the one that identified that it had misdrilled holes Around the window on new 737s, it says it's cooperating fully with the FAA, with the NTSB, but Boeing and the FAA are now in spirit facilities, really inspecting, double-checking spirits' work as well. Back to you. Well, Tom, you mentioned that nearly 94% of those grounded MAX 9 planes are now returned to service. So what does that mean for the schedule and cancellations? So, as you know, about two weeks ago, if you were trying to fly across country on United or Alaska, you might have a problem because they didn't have their MAX 9s in service. And that's a plane that flies longer distances cross country. I couldn't get across the country very easily. Well, now that really has changed. You should have no difficulty flying on United or Alaska. Most of those planes are back in service. If you're uncomfortable with flying on a MAX 9, by the way, I think it's the most scrutinized plane in the entire fleet now, but you can certainly check what kind of a plane you're on, looking at your reservation and also looking at your ticket. Usually that information is available to you. Okay, Tom, thank you very much. Coming up, we are going to help your heart health. Some expert advice on the risk factors and screenings to know also the right foods and exercises to give your heart a boost. Yeah, but first, it is one of the most popular events in the build-up to the big game, Super Bowl opening night. Kaylee Hartung right there in Vegas for us. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, guys, and it's never been more popular. Yes, Travis Kelsey was asked more than a few questions about Taylor Swift, and yes, he has heard her new album, but there is so much more ground to cover. Coming up, we will take you right into the middle of all the fun you can only find here in Las Vegas. Stay with us. 
Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I the mean, country. It is the twists, the turns, the With the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll as get as fresh as insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up-to-date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. It's 7.40. Countdown to Super Bowl 58 in high gear. All right, kickoff is now just five short days away. Overnight, the stars of the big game stepped out for an opening night extravaganza. Oh, it was. NBC's <laughs> Kaylee Hardchuck right there in the middle of the action. She joins us from Vegas. Hey, Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Super Bowl's opening night is always something of a circus, but put it in Las Vegas Add in the Taylor Swift effect, and the frenzy was unprecedented. Yes, Chief star Travis Kelsey was the center of attention, but he and his teammates took it all in stride. Even as the 49ers faithful tried to remind everybody who's the favorite in this Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl week officially kicking off, with the Chiefs and the 49ers meeting on the same field they'll play Sunday, eyeing the Lombardi Trophy. In front of a fired-up crowd, heavily favoring Niners faithful. Thousands of media from around the world angling to get up close with the stars of the game, as one famous Chiefs fan dominated much of the conversation. Taylor Swift's historic Grammys night, giving boyfriend Travis Kelsey extra motivation. I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home some hardware, too. How many times have you met Taylor Swift? Once. <laughs> once most more people. than the average person, you know. Super Bowl 58 will feature what was once considered an improbable clash between quarterbacks. 49ers Brock Purdy going from the last pick in the draft to the NFL's biggest stage in just two years. And I fell last for a reason. And so um, I've, I haven't held any grudges against other teams. It, it all happened how it needed to. As Patrick Mahomes has built the league's newest dynasty in Kansas City, a win on Sunday would make the Chiefs the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls in nearly two decades. I want this one more than I've ever wanted a, a Super Bowl in my life. When you guys hear people talking about the Chiefs building a dynasty, how does that make you feel? To be a part of one myself, like, that's a dream come true. And, you know, uh, it's a blessing. And, you know, we got to finish the story. But the 49ers are on a mission to avenge a heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. I mean, I didn't watch the Super Bowl for like a year and a half after I lost in that line. I can see it in everyone's eyes, man. The way they talk, it's everyone's really locked in. Las Vegas delivering an opening night spectacle, unlike any other. Did Christian answer your question? No. They're just here for the selfie. I'll tell you, this is a great city. I think it's great for the National Football League. 
Um, the people are passionate, and um, they've got a good team. We didn't know if that was the fake or real Andy yeah. Reid in that shot. <laughs> that was the real one, I guess. So, wait, Kaylee, so this was just Monday night. The game is Sunday. So what happens on all the days in between? So the Chiefs, they have taken over the Raiders facility for practice. The 49ers are over at UNLV. Guys say they are trying to keep it business as usual as much as you can, guys. All right. Kaylee Hartung for us, Kaylee. The Thank Chiefs you. The Chiefs have taken over the Raiders facility. Look that's for Raiders fans. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, Kaylee's going to be back, by the way, a little bit more in the third hour. We've got some new Super Bowl commercials to reveal mm-hmm. coming okay. up. Let us get another check of the weather from Mr. Roker. My Super Bowl week routine is get, get the wings today, yes. hot dogs to little pigs in a blanket yes. tomorrow, and then we just start building. So yes. yeah, so we'll be ready by Sunday. So we've got what's called an omega block right now. It looks like the Greek letter omega. And so there's high pressure in between. We've got this California storm stalled off the West Coast. We've got this storm off the East Coast finally moving away. But in between, we've got this strong ridge of high pressure stuck in the middle and everything underneath that is heating up. Temperatures anywhere from 15 to 30 degrees above average today in the midsection of the country. Expected record highs through Friday from Spencer, Des Moines, on into Madison, Marquette, on into Detroit, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're looking at record highs today possible. 46 degrees in Chicago, 62 Oklahoma City, Nashville, 58. That's nine degrees above average. Those record highs continue tomorrow, possibly for Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Nashville, Roanoke, and nice mild conditions into the weekend. New York City by Sunday could be near 60 degrees, mid-50s in Baltimore. People, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. Perfect Super Bowl viewing weather. Boston, you're going to be by Saturday, 53 degrees. Get out there and maybe get a little golf in this weekend. And that's your latest weather. Guys, thank you. Coming up, Ryan Reynolds caught in the middle of a classic office prank to promote his new movie. We'll get to that on Pops Start. Get ready, Swifties. We've got more details now on her next album and a couple of the other collaborations that are going to be on that record. All that and a lot more on Pop Start.